Hello everybody, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. This is just to let you know that the Cinema Catch-Up Club has an official Patreon page. If you'd like to become an official member of the club and get some bonus goodies, including early access material and bonus features only available to our patrons, then please join up at patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast. And now, for this week's episode. Uh, Testing, testing, one, two, three. Is there anyone called Michael here? What? (laughs) The vibe test. Oh. And welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, it's still Christmas! Hey! That's right, it's the second of our two Christmas films, and this week we are watching Home Alone, because it's turning 30 years old. Which means that Macaulay Culkin is more than 30 years old. Uh, joining me as always, we have someone who has seen the film and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film, it's Dr. Sarah Curtis. Hey, Stephen. Uh, Dr. Sarah, happy Christmas. Merry Christmas. Um, how, how, how's, how's the year been for you? In a sort of a very quick uh, uh-huh. summation. Good year, bad year. I mean, I suppose personally it's been pretty good. A lot of good things have happened to me, mm. although I've been pretty sad about other things. So it's, you know, mi- middling. Middling. A middling year. Yeah. Uh, well, we're rounding it off for you um, with Home Alone. Uh, so what do you know about Home Alone? Um, a small child gets left home over the holidays and, like, terrorizes people trying to break in. Mm-hmm. Yep, you've pretty much nailed That's it. The whole thing. Yes. <laughs> you don't even need to watch it. Cool. Yeah. Done. Let's go. Okay. Um, but yeah. So yeah, that's basically the film uh, in in a nutshell. Um, but I'm surprised you haven't seen this film. Look, I was a peculiar child with very peculiar tastes, mm-hmm. and when it came up as something that could be potentially watched by myself and other children around me, I shouted them down because it did not seem like it was my cup of tea. Even as like a seven-year-old. And they were all going, no, we don't want to watch the best ranking Lord of the Rings again, Sarah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, even then I was known for my, um, you know, issues. Mm, indeed. Well, uh, I hope that you enjoy it. Joining me as someone who has seen the film, it is uh, Mrs. Christmas herself. It is <laughs> Nicola Brescianini. Hi. How you doing, Nicola? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. How was 2020 for you? It was all right. Mm-hmm. Look, I'm a primary school teacher, and I feel like that's probably going to say enough. Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, that's it's been a year. Sorry, that's just the sound of everyone at home standing up and saluting you, uh, oh. as indeed <laughs> they have done to many uh, teachers this year, because it has been a heck of a year for them. It seriously has, and mm. it's you know everything's good now because what's today Sunday, and school finished on Thursday. So I'm like, if you ask me right now, everything's mm-hmm. sweet. Party time, <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Uh, home Alone, you have seen it. Yes, I have. Um, long-time listeners of this program will know your your uh, penchant for christmas films <laughs> um i'm curious where's home alone in your ranking in terms of like is it is, is it one that's on high rotation at you for christmas time it's actually not okay. um i do like the film but there are 
a large handful of other films that I would choose to watch over Home Alone every year. Okay. In a sort of vague, non-spoilery sort of way, we know that Sarah has already pretty much summed up the film. Yeah. But, but what can people like Sarah have not seen it? What what can they expect that maybe they're not expecting? Oh, um, to be honest, I feel like this movie is so well ingrained in pop culture that I don't even know if there are things that people don't already know about. Mm. I'm I'm struggling to think of anything that's like, oh, that's surprising. Yeah. But I feel as though it w- will notice it at some point. They'll be like, oh, yeah. Um, I've been trying to avoid Tumblr spoilers all week because on Tumblr and on Facebook, it, everyone's talking about this film because of the anniversary. Mm. Uh, and they're like, these things that you missed last time you watched it. And, you know, these little facts from behind the scenes. I'm like, don't tell me this. I can't read this until after I've seen the film. Okay, well, let's, let's delay no longer. Let's let's make sure that you can go on Tumblr safely, except for Mandalorian spoilers. <laughs> I've already seen them. Uh, okay, well, it was great. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, shall we watch Home Alone? Yeah. Yes, please. Okay, for those of you listening at home, pop in those DVDs and keep the change, you filthy animal, as we watch Home Alone. Welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching Home Alone in this Christmas edition of the Cinema Catch Up Club. And I'm joined once again by Nicola Brescianini. Hello. And Dr. Sarah Curtis. Hello. Sarah, that was your first time watching Home Alone. Yes, it was. What did you think? I liked it better than I thought I would. Mm hmm. Um, which, to be fair, isn't actually saying much. I thought I'd hate it. Um, <laughs> I, I fully came in expecting to hate it. So that's uh, two Christmas films I've come in expecting to hate and was, um, you know, surprisingly uh, more positive on. It's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> yeah, it was It was interesting. I mean, you had my running commentary the whole time about his awful family. Mm-hmm. I hated them so much. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're, they're not good. Worst family ever. Yeah, uh, I've... I forgot. Do they get better in the sequels? See, it's been such a long time since I've watched Home Alone 2 that I I don't know. <laughs> I honestly can't remember. They needed to make the family really bad, though, because this kid, like, destroys those two robbers. Mm. And there is no way that you could look at him. Also, all the back chatting, like, he would not be likable at all otherwise. Mm. Mm. Yeah. To, to produce like the certain special set of skills that this kid had like he needed to live in like a life of like either crime or in just a really bad domestic situation where he's like the runt of the litter and everyone like to a t are horrible to him in that in that opening sequence i mean yeah his as a child he's quite charming because as we were op- doing that opening bit i was sort of flashing back to one of the films i reviewed a year ago that had a, a, a kid was that boy no, no, mm. not Boy Boy was great. Yeah. Um, no, the other one where he, where he runs off um, screaming and his mum's dating um, some some really famous person. I don't know. And like he goes off like into the wild, hunt for the oh, hunt, hunt for the wild people. The world of people. Yeah. <sighs> that was a terrible kid who never had any redeeming qualities. Mm. But this kid had redeeming qualities like cuteness. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. So stinking cute. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, Kevin McAllister, 30 years on, he's still, like, the, the epitome of, like, cute kids. Yeah, adorable. He's living the American dream. His little blonde hair and his cute little tartan pyjamas. He was so stinking cute. He and was. he was, like, looking after his clothes when he was eating. Like, deodorant. <laughs> <laughs> he was doing the washing. Mm. 
I wouldn't have done that if I was home alone for a week or whatever I it was. I wouldn't do that now. <laughs> I can't look after myself. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, this film really does work, um, I think, partly because it's it's quite a good production crew on it. I think, obviously, it's um, Chris, Chris Columbus directing it, who goes on to direct things like the first two Harry Potter films and, and things like that. Like, he's... It's a good steady hand there. Um, it's John Hughes backed, and John Hughes has got a pretty good record with films about younger protagonists. Kevin is quite a bit younger than a lot of his usual protagonists who tend to be sort of more teenagers. But it's just it's just very well handled. You've got John Williams doing the music. Like, you know, you're going to be okay. Like, it's always whimsical. Yeah. Uh, but but um, Macaulay Culkin is, one, just a really cute kid that, that is very likable. But he's a good little actor that's mm. the, the other thing like he's he's acting his socks off and it's great mm. I, well, now i get the joke in men in tights with when he's you know running around screaming it makes sense now mm. <laughs> I've, I've, i always knew that, that this was the film that that was referring to and now i get it mm. um so yeah kevin is left home alone uh it's a horrible family leave him good as far as we're all concerned um but the thing i really liked about the horrible family is it, it it felt very in keeping with with um sort of a traditional christmas tale where you look at something like um like a christmas carol where it's like scrooge is just awful and hates christmas and and so is jacob marley and um you know it's all about I suppose, like, reform to an extent. Um, now, we don't see any reform with the McAllisters. I mean, his mum kind of makes up for it by her big journey to find him. Hmm. Like, And at least she senses something's wrong. Like, yeah. she's still a terrible parent. I don't know what you're talking about. Buzz's line when he comes back and he's like, I'm just really glad you didn't burn the house down. Like, heartwarming. Yeah, mm. punch him in the face. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but was this the same kid who um, was in uh, Back to the Future? He did look like Biff, he but look, it was not Biff. He looks so much like Biff, and it's like the same character, the same haircut, everything. Mm. Yeah, he says the word "but" a lot. Yeah. Um, but yes, uh, Kevin is left uh, home alone. As they and do. every time they say that, do you take a, sh- a shot? Because you get super drunk. Yeah, it does get said a lot. <laughs> this kid's home alone. What? Yeah. Um, he he's left home alone, but but it's not all fun jumping on the bed and getting indigestion from eating marshmallows covered in crisp, Ugh. covered in chocolate, covered in whatever else was there. Because there's two nefarious robbers, the Wet Bandits, <laughs> <laughs> the worst named criminal duo in the history of crime. Uh, I just really enjoyed um, getting to see these two just poops just bumble their way through through the 100 minutes or so of this film um uh, how, how was it for you as a first-time viewer sarah um yeah it was interesting watching an eight-year-old kind of you know pull the rug out of underneath these two criminals and mm. somehow beat them off there are a few moments that i was visibly wincing at some of the not the physical comedy that was great but like the the injuries that occurred yeah and i was yeah that that was um kind of putting me off like you know stepping on nails and kind of like that because you know having done stuff like that uh it's not fun you've tried to rub a house and had a child like yeah tie your feet and then make you stand on a quite long straight sharp looking nail Yep, it's true yeah yeah that's my tragic backstory in fact (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it is the worst bit of the film in that kind of like make your stomach churn Yeah. yeah Um, and I say that as someone who's not terribly fond of spiders. Uh, and we have a very prominent tarantula in this film. 
Uh, but yeah, no, the nail through the foot was was significantly worse. Yep. Yeah. All the other stuff. I mean, even his, his head being on fire. Like I could deal with that a bit more. Oh, that was fantastic well, though. No, that was really gross as well. When he like comes out and all his hair's burned off. Except Ugh. like the, the one bit of hair in the middle is yeah, still yeah. there. Like, <laughs> it's beautiful. Comic. Mm. It looks a little tea cozy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but they are great, and I think I, I think there's a real, just real stroke of like good casting. To go, let's get Joe Pesci, who's not long won the Oscar for for his um, supporting role in Goodfellas, where he's dropped the f bomb like a hundred times and he's beaten somebody to death with a baseball bat. And go, we're going to put him in a film against an eight year old child and have him not swear. <laughs> um, although he, I think he's on the edge a few times with this. <laughs> just, yeah, starting the words off and not finishing them. But um, like like Daniel Stern, who plays Marv, I don't really know anything else that he's been in. Like, at least I couldn't, couldn't name it off the top of my head, but he's good. He is. His physical comedy was awesome. Mm, mm. Yeah. Yeah, he's um, he's he's done very well. I've, I've just had a quick look at his cast list. He's in Home Alone and Home Alone 2, <laughs> uh, lost, lost in New York. Uh, but he's also in the two City Slickers films um, and did some voice work in The Wonder Years. He's done... He's done quite a few things, but I think this might have been his biggest thing. But it's hard to go up from here. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Everyone in this film: Catherine O'Hara, John Candy. They never did anything better. This was <laughs> this, this was, was it. Yeah, this was the height of it. Highlight of their careers. Yeah. Um. So, I do have to. I do have to ask though, because there isn't a lot to this film. Like, like plot wise, there's there's not a lot that's going on. Um. Does this film work if it's not set at Christmas? Do you think if, say, we've got a trip to France and it's over the 4th of July or, you know, something like that, or even it's just it's just a random week in, like, April where they go away, do you think that this film could work without those um, those Christmas elements? I don't think it could because you, you have to set up the fact that the rest of the street is gone. You can't contact them. You have mm. to set up the fact that it's snowing so it has to be a certain you know time of the year mm. um in america um you know you have to set up um, all sorts of other sort of character things happening on the outside you know the fact that you can't fix the phone lines for a couple of days mm. you know you you'd expect that over the christmas break that you can't fix those sorts of things so it's those sorts of small things that that add up to create a situation mm. i actually disagree i think that this movie could work at any other time you know you're like you'd have to tweak certain things because you're right like obviously that him pouring the water down the stairs and it turning to ice like they'd have to rethink that mm. gag but really the only thing that relies on christmas in the this film is the side story of the neighbor mm. so old man the good part, yeah the good story yeah, yeah. now so you you did latch on to this bit <laughs> I liked the old guy. Yeah. Like the whole time when like they're telling stories about how horrible he was, I was like, he's going to be such a great guy in the end. Mm. And he was. Yeah. He's like that. Yeah. He's great. And I also just love the name Robert's Blossom. That that was his name. I was just like, what what a great name. Um, But yeah, he's, I I just loved his constant, really like grumpy, resting serial killer face that he had. um, Just constantly staring at the child like, um, but you're right, that, that story is really sweet, where he he has the the disconnect with, with his son, and, you know, he's at the church, and he's watching his granddaughter, because he can't be at the proper concert, because he's not welcome, and all this kind of stuff, and I, I just think, that, I think they balance it really well with Kevin, 
where yeah. I, like what he was saying was it kind of only worked coming from a child yeah and really like you know you do get that little heartwarming moment at the end where his mum comes back and you know you're all like oh yeah you know kevin's christmas miracle came true but like truly the heartwarming part of the story was that sideline mm. and i feel like that was the only thing that re- truly relied on it actually being Christmas. Mm. That's where you get your like little Christmas spirit fix from in this film. Mm. Um, so you're eight years old. No, I'm I'm 28. No, years no. Old. In this scenario, you are eight years old. Okay, so let's regress back to eight years old. You are waking up one week before Christmas in the house you're in when you were eight, and the family's gone. But there's two American robbers calling themselves the Wet Bandits sneaking around. How long do you think you could last? Do do you think you could have done as well as Kevin? It depends on your tactics. Because I've actually thought about this a lot over my life. (laughs) 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 Having never seen the film. (laughs) Just, you know, okay, so if someone, because the house we're currently sitting in is, you know, my childhood house. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, someone were to break in or something was to happen, what would I do? Now, of course, we have security. Like, so there'd be lots of loud noises for one. Like, they couldn't just break in. They wouldn't be, I wouldn't be leaving the doors unlocked in the middle of the night because I know the robbers are coming at nine. Mm. Like, you know, what if they're early? Oh, watch out. <laughs> um, but, you know, I have like some, some areas of the house that I've scoped out as good hiding places if I were to hide. Um, no, I'm not telling you where they are, just oh, okay. in case. Just in case. <laughs> um, you know, if someone comes, oh, I know where to go. Uh, and yeah, I know where all the weapons are, as you can probably see from my walls. Mm-hmm. I have swords and knives. They're decorative. Uh, not all of them. Okay. Um, <laughs> I've got some in other rooms, which one day will be behind a lovely glass case. And, mm. you know, smash in case of emergency. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I've got, you know, weapons around the house and we've got a nice big shed. So if you're looking for spiders and things to help out, then, you know, I know where to find them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I've got a plan. Okay. Okay. What about you, Nicola? Do you think eight-year-old you would have coped anywhere near as well? <laughs> no, I'd have been terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Also, at eight years old, I was living in Darwin, so I feel like there's too much out there that's going to get you. You, you don't want to mm. step outside the house. That's true, yeah. The robbers would do well to live yep. to, to get there in And the I'd throw place. a bucket of water outside, and what would happen? Frogs would come? Like, the- yeah. <laughs> just, there ain't no ice. It would just evaporate as soon as it <laughs> yeah. left the bucket. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I would have done terribly. Uh, I'm just thinking back to, to eight-year-old me. Yeah. I lived in two houses at that time, actually, because we moved from one to the other, and in one was a bungalow. You, you can't you can't defend a bungalow that well. Like, there's, <laughs> you haven't got the advantage of gravity. Um, Eight year old me did taekwondo. Like, she's a badass. Eight year old me had done karate. Don't think I'd done fencing by that point, but I, you know, eight year old me knew a couple of things. But <laughs> eight year old me did swimming. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to say that I, I think one of the weird bits of this film that that doesn't work for me is 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 the bits with john candy the the polka um scenes where it's like oh you need to get chicago we've got a polka band who are driving there i i get you know you can't give kate like a a a nice time getting back or you know she's i'm in this situation i'm in the back of the van with a polka band isn't this funny slash crazy but it just didn't work for me it's a bit out of left field isn't it yeah um, I, I was curious with either of you. Did either of you go, oh, yeah, the, no, the poker band's crucial to the home life experience? <laughs> <laughs> no. I could 
could have done without it. Mm. Like, I mean, watching that scene in the back of the truck or van or whatever, I was kind of thinking, this would be a great story if you're like hitchhiking or doing other dangerous things like that. Like, mm. it's, it's a good travel story of, yeah, that, that day I was stuck in a, in a truck with these people playing terrible polka Christmas Trying carols. to make me play the clarinet. Yeah. Um, but it didn't, yeah, really fit in with the rest. Mm. Yeah, no, it, it, I'm, I'm just... Yeah, it's kind of like I really like John Candy, but not in this. Like he's he's fine, but it did feel. I'll be honest. I just wanted to see Kevin really attack these these wet bandits, and it's not that big a sequence in the film, which mm. surprised me. Um, and I don't know if it surprised you, Nicola, that it felt like it came in quite late to the film. Yeah, I actually. I mean, it's been a couple of years. We were just talking about this earlier. It's been a few years since I last saw it, but. I guess because when you think about Home Alone, you think about Kevin, you know, fighting off these two bandits. And so I forgot that it was such a small actual part of the story. The lead up to it is so much longer with, Mm. you know, him hiding out in the house and, you know, what he's doing to try and get by for the week or so that he's there. Mm. Like the actual fighting and tactical part is very small by comparison. Yeah, and I thought that the the party sequence where he sets up all those mannequins <laughs> to try and distract them. I thought that was part of the big night. Yeah, so did I. I don't know why that was conflated in my head. Well, because I guess there's one other thing that he was doing to try and ward mm. them off. Like, yeah, I, I actually was the same. I was going, oh, I thought that this was a lot later in the movie. Mm. I think it worked um, because I was also expecting it to be more like home defense kind of stuff because that's all I've ever heard about this film is, you know, this eight-year-old kid, kid like... Mm wailing on these you know grown-ass adults so the fact that it was such a short part of the film surprised me but i think it also needed to be that um one because there's only so many things an eight-year-old can set up Mm. and do Mm. um and still seem slightly realistic practical Mm. um, and also likable and likable and also you know you have the rule of threes like they came back three times and he had his three different tactics um each getting more elaborate as it goes on Mm. Um, and you know, you needed that character development, you know, cause he started out so scared and not able to do anything. So you had to make it slightly believable that mm. he could develop enough to have this, this moment of defending the house. And that development came through torturing a pizza boy with, yeah. uh, with a film, the angels with filthy souls and tricking, not just him, but then later, uh, Marv, the wet bandit with the, the, you've got till the can of 10 to <laughs> get off my property. <laughs> One, two, ten. <laughs> Um, which is is funny. Uh, it, it it is is one of those things that, that is great. But yeah, it's it is a kids film. It's a kids Christmas film. Character development happening very quickly is maybe not to be unexpected. Um, but I did like that it was mostly done with him just doing the same trick with this with this film a couple of times it was was very fun. Um, so I am curious because I wrote down all of the. Um, unfortunate things that happened to <laughs> harry and to marv uh-huh. um who would you prefer to have been <laughs> which experience would oh. you go through um so let me let me run it through so the listener at home can decide so you both you both get shot with a bb gun like if you're harry or marv one of you does get sh- shot in the groin yeah um the other one gets shot in the face so it's gonna hurt no matter who you are <laughs> but um so you get a bb gun um if you are harry or Joe Pesci, you fall down those slippy stairs three times. Um, you 
burn your hand. You brand your hand with a hot doorknob and the letter M, which is very pretentious. I just want mm-hmm. a sideline. Yeah. Yeah. A big Emma. Because the McAllisters live here. <laughs> just... I hope he's still got that brand on his hand in the sequel. Well, oh. don't want to spoil it for you. Um, Is Sarah ever going to watch this film? Maybe you in, should. Maybe in a couple of years when we yeah. get to it. <laughs> um, but yeah, you get branded on the hand. Um, you get the head on fire. You get your head on fire with that funny haircut at the end. You get feathered. like You get covered in sticky stuff and then a load of feathers thrown at you. Um, you... You uh, stand. You both stand on the Hot Wheels and fall over and break your back. You both get a paint can to the face. Uh, although you definitely lose teeth if you're Harry. You lose your gold tooth. Um, you also both fall over the trip wire. Uh, you get hit in the chest with a crowbar because your friend is trying to get the trench there on you, and you fall off a zip line that gets cut, and then you get hit by a snowplow. Or your Marv, uh, who gets shot in the groin, iron to the face, which leaves that lovely mark. Um, you get um, the tar and the nail through the foot. Uh, you get the standing on the Christmas ornaments. <laughs> A lot of foot-based trauma, if you marv. Um, you trip over the hot machines, paint can to the face, the trip wire. You get the tarantula dropped on your face. Um, you then also fall off the zip line when it gets cut through. What's what's your preference? So I have trauma related <laughs> to, to both people. Yeah. Because I have you know burn scars from being burnt mm-hmm. uh, so that's kind of traumatic and i don't want that to happen mm-hmm. so no to the branding okay but i also have plantar fasciitis mm-hmm. so my feet are very mm-hmm. sensitive mm-hmm. um so like so, another person touching my feet is painful let alone all the other shit that happens yeah uh so that's a no mm-hmm. um no neither no <laughs> <laughs> i'll be kevin yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. I'm having. I'll be the tarantula, like what. any other anything else. You'll be Kate sitting in the back of the van with the poker tape. Yes, <laughs> yes. I will take that. The worst torment of all. What, what about you, Nick? Did you have the preference? I wouldn't call it a preference. <laughs> That's making light of the situation. Yeah. Or uh, like, if I had to pick one, mm-hmm. like. That's know. the point of this fun yeah. parlor Christmas game that I we're would... playing right now. <laughs> And boy, is it fun. Um, I would probably say I'd rather be Harry Mm. because, I don't know, there's something about like that or the nail through the foot and then stepping on the glass. Oh, there's just something about Mm. stepping on glass that just makes me like... It's because it's painful. It's it's the correct response. It absolutely freaks me out. And I don't know if it was like a... um, What was that movie? Saw. I don't know if it's like just trauma from watching that. There wasn't there like a thing with needles. I don't know something about stepping on. Things I don't like watch that. horror just... films for that exact reason. Yeah. Oh. I mean, this is a lot it's like the kid version of Saw. It wouldn't surprise me if somebody who was made <laughs> Saw went, "Hang on a minute, what if we made this but more evil?" <laughs> okay, so you're officially Marv. You have to stand on the nail, Sarah. No, I'm sorry, no, Nicola, no, pick the other. No. One. <laughs> oh, no. I'm the mum. <laughs> I'm death by bebop. um yeah it's you didn't give us your answer yeah steve oh no i'm kevin i set all this up baby (laughs) you know come and get me if you're thirsty for more (laughs) (laughs) um in all honesty having not experienced either something painful going through my foot or being on fire it's it's real hard but i think i actually think for the amount of times that i'd have to go marv i'd have to go 
I would take the nail through the foot and the glass to avoid burning and to avoid multiple stair fallings. He only falls down the stairs once. And Or you could be really smart and after you've been shot, um, go, you know what? This is too hard. I'm out of here. Mm. Yeah, actually, you're not there. That's a fair point. Just go, you know what? We robbed that other house. We got a bunch of stuff. Even I kind of just crowbarred it into the sack (laughs) loosely. Yeah, she'll be right. Yeah, yeah. You know what? We turned it into a pool. Yeah, maybe we, maybe we're too greedy. Maybe we should rob houses. Yeah, maybe Christmas. we'll wait till next year. Yeah, uh, but yeah, play that at home, folks, and let us know your results. <laughs> yeah, now you know all my traumas. <laughs> um, would you guys like some trivia about Home Alone? Always. Please. Okay, this trivia is sourced from IMDb, so if it's not true. I don't blame me. Uh, Joe Pesci deliberately avoided interacting with Macaulay Culkin on set because he wanted Culkin to think he was mean. Oh, oh that's a bit sad. Yeah. I'm sure they're friends now, but yeah, just sort of like... I mean, Joe Pesci is kind of just a scary-looking man in general. Yeah, but like, you know, you're in a kid film. <laughs> like, come on, buddy. Don't yeah. be a dick. He does try and murder the child a few Don't times. Don't method though. act this. Yeah. Yeah. No wonder Macaulay Culkin turned out the way he did. Yeah. Well, I think that's an interesting thing, actually, is is where Macaulay Culkin kind of sits now, where he is the the poster child for child actors. Mm. Um, and obviously we have a lot of child actors who've not grown up well or had horrible things happen to them because of because of various I mean, things. A lot in the of Hollywood child system. actors had such terrible abuse yeah. to do with these films and was he one of them? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that if whether or not he um, was was victim to stuff that was similar to what happened to like Corey Haim or Corey Feldman, who were who went through just awful things. Um, But I I also feel as though it's kind of interesting because he holds an interesting place. I think culturally now as a man in his like almost forties or possibly even in his forties by now that he's still the Home Alone kid, but that's okay. Like, it's not as though he he failed. I don't think anyone is like, Macaulay Culkin didn't go on to become Leonardo DiCaprio. What what a hack. Like, <laughs> like he's just, people like him for being Kevin McAllister. Yeah. And for growing up to be kind of like a slightly quirky dude on the internet who's in like cover bands and occasionally in like Google Home adverts recreating what he did in this thing. Um, but yeah, I think it's, the thing I think that's quite good about him to an extent is his presence online. Um, mm. You know, he does a lot of jokes. He does a lot of, like, fun things, particularly tied to his his career as a, as a young actor. Um, and particularly during the COVID stuff, when he had the COVID mask, that's young, that is his face with the hands on the cheeks um, that he was wearing that was printed on his mask and things like that. Like, yeah, he still he still feels quite present, whereas I feel as though a lot of other child actors that that didn't continue in adult careers really kind of faded from public view mm. to an extent which you know you'd kind of want to yeah uh, i think if you were in that position i mean some of the stuff they've they've gone through for the sake of films it, it's just not worth it no no it, it really isn't but um yeah no macaulay still still knocking around still cool still cool still still doing okay and he is 40 i just wanted to confirm he turned 40 wow Back in August this year. Childhood's ruined? Um, no, it's just, just just we all feel old now. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, the sequel was released the year I was born, so... Mm. 
That's true. I do wonder if they ever do reboot Home Alone, whether or not he'll play one of the wet bandits. That's that's Ooh. what I would like to see. Yeah. Just just come full circle. Or the dad. Yeah, he's just like now, like son. A smaller role. Yeah, his dad was a real jerk in this. What I, a I, dick. Like I, I know we didn't really talk much about him, but he just popped back. I'm like Peter. Oh, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> like he just doesn't express any like oh my son oh no my son oh oh like that's, that's... and who puts passports in the microwave? <laughs> I mean, or, <laughs> like in a space where they can get wet in the first this place. A real crime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he's uh. Is a, is a real piece of work. Um, the picture that Kevin finds of Buzz's girlfriend oh, yeah. um, was a picture <laughs> of a boy made up to look like a girl. Uh, the director, Chris Columbus, thought it would be too cruel to make fun of a girl like that. So the boy that they used in the photo was the art director, Dan Webster's son, who they dressed <laughs> up to look like a girl and, and put in that picture. I love that this kid was like, yes, let's do it. This yeah. is a hilarious joke. Yeah. I'm on board. Yeah. Hopefully that's what happens. Yeah, because I was going to say, you're pulling a bit of a face there, Sarah. I mean, like, if that kid didn't consent, it was just like, oh, dad's asked me to be in this photo. Mm. Yeah, I've got to do what I'm told. Like, that's not fun. But yeah, I mean, any joke that's based on someone's looks and weight and all of that, I'm kind of uncomfortable with. Yeah. Just in general. Yeah. Happy Christmas, everyone. Um, uh, Joe Pesci kept forgetting that this was a film for kids, uh, oh, that it yes. was a family movie. Uh, so the director, Chris Columbus, after he said the F word multiple times in takes, uh, told him to say fridge instead of the F bomb. So that's why he goes, fridge, 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 because he kept getting caught out and dropping a proper F bomb in front of Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> no wonder he thought he was evil. Mm. Um, quite a lot of this film was improvised uh, quite a lot of bits of it so for example the line you guys give up are you thirsty for more that was that was improvised by Macaulay Culkin wow yeah Macaulay Culkin drew the map that his character uses um, to, to plan out all his traps wow yeah. he was a bit of an artist that kid he was it was I was looking at it knowing this going in and was like oh, that, that's a good map well, I was looking at it when it rolled out and was like, you know, when you see films where like children have written notes and you're like, this is clearly an adult who's mm. written with their left hand. Like, yeah. I I spend forever deciphering children's work. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that looked fake to me. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It was too good. It was too, that, it was too good. I was mm. like, this is clearly done by an adult pretending to be a child. No, it was, nope. it was a child. I'm pretty impressed by that. Being a child. Well done, Macaulay. Uh, Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern felt indifferent about the movie's potential during shooting, so they intentionally gave over-the-top performances, neither of them believing that the movie would be a massive success. I mean, those performances were exactly the right tone, though. Mm. So, like, the fact that they were almost trying to be bad is what made it good. Yeah. Joke's on them. Here we are 30 (laughs) years later. Suckers. (laughs) The movie that Kevin watches on a videotape is not a real film, but was Mm. footage specially created for this film. It was called Angels with Filthy Souls, uh, referencing uh, lots of films, but specifically Angels with Dirty Faces from 1938. Um, Very violent, but really fun, I think. Like, playing into that idea of, like, a kid watching a movie they're not allowed to, (laughs) and it being, like, an old like, I guess, 30s hyper-violent film was kind of an interesting thing. Uh, particularly, I thought it was really interesting how Kevin kept doing things and wanting to be reprimanded or, mm. like, waiting for the reprimand. And I thought that was really interesting. Also kind of sad when you think that that's how he lives. Yeah. Like, anything yeah. he does is reprimanded, so he just can't even relax and enjoy his time alone. Mm. 
Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> I'm just bringing it down tonight. <laughs> yeah. Um, writer and producer John Hughes was worried that mothers in particular would never believe a family could forget one of their kids, which maybe says a lot about fathers in the American parenting system. <laughs> Uh, but Christopher Columbus recalled that, quote, John really filled in every possible logic hole and the audience always bought it, end quote. And I do have to say, it it did work. Like, there isn't really a bit where you're like, particularly in a pre-mobile phone era, mm. um, the even even though it's a bit convenient having, I'm just this kid that's roughly the same height as Kevin and I'm just rooting around in your truck. Well, I've served my purpose to the plot <laughs> yeah. now. Goodbye. I'm done asking questions. Even though it's little things like that, I, I, I as an audience member bought it. Sarah, did you buy it as a first time viewer? Yeah, I mean, I, I expected not to buy it because again, you know, I went in going, okay, so how do you abandon your child? So this mm. is the main thing I know that this kid has been abandoned, he's home alone. Um, and I went, okay, I see this kid coming on now and I see, I see what they're doing. Yeah, the mm. frigid neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Macaulay Culkin's stunt double for this film was actually a very short 30 year old man. And in a couple of shots, you could tell. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, you could. I was looking out for it and I was like, that's not hair that child has. That's a wig. Uh, but, <laughs> but I mean, the stunt work in this film is pretty good, I have to say. Like when he's um, escaping from the cop after he accidentally uh, steals the toothbrush from the shop and he does his knee slides on oh, the ice yeah. skate. And that cop gets taken out hard. Like it's, That was a hard fall. Yeah. But yeah, that was... And obviously, whoever is playing the wet bandits, the stunt performers for that, they went through a fair bit of falling down the stairs and oh boy <laughs> i felt every single bump yeah. as they went down yeah um during the rehearsal for the scene where harry attempts to bite off kevin's finger near the end joe pesci accidentally did bite macaulay culkin and left a small scar <gasps> wow who is this guy joe pesci he should not be in a child's film well, he was in Goodfellas. he was i haven't seen Goodfellas. oh but... he does something with a baseball bat in a Wait, I'm hope- I think that's Goodfellas. I forget. He- he's done a lot of films as a violent mob man. I don't like this guy. The more I hear about him, he's a jerk. He's a frigid jerk. <laughs> uh, the pages on the Playboy magazine that Kevin looked through were taped together so that young Macaulay Culkin didn't actually see any nudity. Aww. Yeah. So if you look when he throws it, the pages are quite thick. And that's because they're like, well, can't, can't let him see any of this. <laughs> So he they was just, just get the cover. I was about to say, why didn't they just glue it over the top of Science Magazine? Mm. <laughs> also, the cover, yeah, the, I mean, the cover was just like faces. It was faces, so it was yeah. vague. Yeah, he was actually just reading it for the articles. So, <laughs> so well done. Um, the scream that Daniel Stern belts out when the tarantula uh, is on him uh, was filmed live on set after Stern was assured by animal handlers that tarantulas don't have ears, so he wasn't going to hurt the tarantula by screaming that loud with it near his mouth. That's actually really sweet. Yeah. Um, he confirmed this um, in a on his Facebook page back in 2015 when asked about it. Uh, he also said the tarantula's poison was not extracted, as some had thought. Ooh. So that I think I believe that was a potentially poisonous tarantula actually on his face. Oh, God. Not comfortable. Who whose job was it? <laughs> <laughs> that is terrible. I bet it was Joe Pesci's job. <laughs> He's like, I ain't frigid doing it. <laughs> Those things scare me. That's awful. Mm. Uh, maybe that's why the screen was so real, because it got close and he went, wait, I, no, I see the poison things. Whoa! Jesus. Uh, John Williams stepped in when the original composer for this film backed out. Uh, the filmmakers never thought they'd be able to get Williams, but he saw an early cut of the movie and was, quote, enchanted, end oh. quote. 
So, yeah, he was like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll sprinkle my magic on this. Yeah. Uh, Although the part was written especially for Macaulay Culkin by John Hughes, several hundred boys were auditioned by Christopher Columbus for this film. According to the DVD commentary, Columbus was hesitant to cast Culkin because Hughes had so recently cast him in Uncle Buck, which came out the year before. Uh, and didn't want to appear as though uh, he was a bit of a pushover in the film community. It was only after auditioning all the other young actors that he realised that Culkin was, in fact, the best person for the role. And he was. He was. It's undeniable. He's fantastic. Although I do have to say, his brother being the the kid that wets the bed, just that look he gives to to him where he's like, (laughs) I've just drank a load of Pepsi. You know what's coming tonight. Yeah. (laughs) Tinkle, tinkle. Like, it was... (laughs) That was marvellous. Uh, and the fact that that's his brother in real life just makes it all the better. I love that. Um, the movie is considered a traditional Christmas film in Poland. Um, so much so, uh, it was aired on national television during primetime Christmas every year since 1990. In 2011, it aired on December the 23rd with an audience of over 5 million, making it the most popular show aired during the Christmas season in Poland. I wonder if it's got anything to do with, like, you know, some foreign aggressors potentially coming in and using your wits to overpower them, you know, using nothing more than we got around your house. I don't know if it's a Second World War revenge fantasy or not that the Poles have. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I only just thought of that then. I was like, why is it so popular? In- oh, no, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes a lot of Poland. I mean, yeah. Mm. Poor but- Poland. Poor Poland. Yeah, very much the Kevin McAllister of European countries. (laughs) Uh, Christopher Columbus was previously hired by John Hughes to direct National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Love it. Uh, But after meeting Chevy Chase, it became clear to Columbus that the two of them wouldn't get along. So he pulled out. (laughs) Makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. So then he got moved on to this film instead. You know what? For the best. Yeah, yeah. For the best. He was probably, he he took one look at Chevy and went, Nope. Nope. (laughs) Mm. Um, one of the other actors who was offered the role of Harry but turned it down which would have also been frightening particularly with the mob movie connections was Robert De Niro <laughs> but that would have been sweet surely he's nicer he's like Joe a Pesci? lovely yeah. but at the time he would have been a real I don't know about who's nicer in real life or things like that but like Robert De Niro he's not done Meet the Fockers at this point like you know he's he's basically like or shark tail yeah yeah he's like big serious actor man who's real you know scary and intimidating and i think he would have been brilliant in this as well i think joe pesci's a better choice but i think de niro may have been actually scarier mm, okay um, might have might have been too, too upsetting <laughs> <laughs> nightmares um, when Kevin is jumping up and down on his parents' bed while munching on some popcorn, there are several crew members lying on the floor on both sides and at the foot of the bed, instructed to catch him in case he accidentally fell off. Aw, that was a big bed. He's fine. Mm, okay. We'll, well, we'll go back and tell them. Uh, Nick, Nick, Nick reckons it's yeah. fine, guys. You're sweet. Yeah. Also, I did some quick math in my head before. So he's 10 at the time of filming. Yeah. He's a young-looking 10-year-old kid. Mm. Mm. Very small. Yeah. But yeah, like a 10-year-old can jump on a bed without falling off. If a 10-year-old's falling off a bed, they need to sort their lives out. Okay. <laughs> Good to know. Yep. The final bit of trivia involves Elvis Presley. What? Oh, okay, hang on. Can we guess? Go on, then. What do you think it was? Um, because he's secretly still alive, um, he played <laughs> Santa. He played Santa. I reckon that they were going to use part of his music on the soundtrack. Sarah's closer. <laughs> what? 
There is a legend that Elvis Presley, who I will remind everyone died in 1977, some 13 years before this film was made. There was a rumor that he made a cameo in this film. <laughs> Many of those people who believed that Elvis was still alive maintained that the heavily bearded man standing in the background of the scene where Mrs. McAllister is shouting at the desk clerk just before she meets John Candy is Elvis. They asserted for years that the man is in the correct age range, as Elvis would have been 55 around that time, you know, because he wasn't dead, um, and makes a head movement that Elvis frequently made during concerts, and that no record has ever been found of this particular actor's participation in the film. So that was the theory, that Elvis went into hiding and for some reason went, oh, you know, I'm... Uh... I'm, I'm going to be in a kid's film just just for a moment. Yeah, like makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. Uh, I can confirm now that this film this has been debunked. Uh, what? Yeah. No way. Did but, the guy come forward? Um, sort of. In 2018, it was debunked. So it's only quite recently that we've confirmed this. Investigative journalists with clearly nothing better to do identified the extra as a man named Gary Richard Grott, who had passed away from a heart attack two years previously. Grott's family was able to confirm that it was Grott in the movie and also revealed that he had been working regularly as an extra on several Christopher Columbus movies, uh, Home Alone being the first one he actually appeared in. And if he'd been an extra, like, I don't know what it's like to work on a film set, but surely Christopher Columbus then, if he'd been around a bunch, would have been like, hey... Not actually Elvis Presley. I think Christopher Columbus has got better things to do with his time than to deal with weird conspiracy theories that Elvis turned up in his film, though. And I mean, if it was me, I'd think it was funny and just, like, let it lie, just to see how long this ha- this goes on for. Mm. That is a joke. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so, um, yeah, that is not Elvis Presley who appears in this film. I'm that would so have been shocked. a real Christmas miracle. We have to go back and have a look at that now. Mm. Before we do, though, we have to score Home Alone. Um, we have to we have to give it our score. And Sarah, it was your first time watching it. What score would you give Home Alone out of ten? Okay, so I enjoyed this film more than I thought I would, but it's also not the sort of film that I would willingly watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it wasn't for this, I wouldn't watch it. And I'm not going to go out and watch it again or watch the sequels. Um, you know, it was a bit of fun. Um, it was fine. So I am going to give it five filthy animals out of ten. Okay. What about yourself, Nicola? I'm going to give it a one, two, five. <laughs> no, um, okay. I actually would give it a five because it, like, it's an enjoyable film and it genuinely is. Like, there's a lot going for it. It is very funny. I was laughing. I cried a little bit. Like, you know, it's it's an enjoyable film. But I watch Elf three or four times a year. Mm. You've watched I've, it three times this year, I understand. I already have, Yeah. yeah. And it's not even Christmas yet. I've still got five days to go. Um, but, you know, like Home Alone, I honestly would probably watch every three or four years. Okay. So, so it's not on high rotation for you. No, it's an enjoyable film. Mm. It's but... no it's no Christmas with the cranks. No. No. Ain't no hickory ham. No. So, so five <laughs> out of ten for you. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. I'm, I'm going to score it slightly higher just because I think it's 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 very well made. And I think it's better made than it had any right to be. Um, and, and also, it's it's very well cast. I, I think that it's just really well performed. I am a bit disappointed with how little wet bandits getting hurt that there is in this film. I, I and that it really did surprise me. Um, and again, all the stuff with the the polka band in the van. I was like, mm, it's, I'm glad there's only two scenes of this, <laughs> like that kind of thing. Um, but it's 
it's fun and it's it's a film that obviously had a big impact it was one of the highest grossing films i think it was the highest grossing domestic film in the u.s that year like it it was a film that did phenomenally well and there were elements to it which are fantastic but it's but it's only pretty good like it's not it's not outstanding um fun though it is so i'm gonna give it six um the side story family uh were way better than the main story family (laughs) out of 10 because they were and i felt i actually felt some emotions when they got connected together instead of when his mum turns up where i'm like yeah no you really had to come back this is I know that you feel bad about this, but also like you, you're in trouble as it is with with yeah. neglecting your child. Um, <laughs> I, I I feel very little sympathy to you, none to the rest of the family. Like that uncle, oh, he was he, he was, was a, a piece of work. He eh? was that's exactly what I was going to say. He was a piece of work. Uh, but yeah, no, that family were were lovely, and I would have maybe much preferred to have seen the film the other way around where we focus mostly focus on the old man but we cut away and see like a burglar fall out of a house <laughs> and we're like what's that crazy kevin kid up to that's, i mean it, if they did a community episode based on this yeah that's, that's exactly what, be, what would yeah. happen yeah 100 you're right all right well that brings us to the end of this episode so nicola and sarah thank you so much for joining me on the cinema catch-up club thanks for having us thank you and for those of you listening at home thank you for listening in we have one more episode left this year and it's coming out a couple of days before 2020 comes to a close if you want to listen to it well by gum you can subscribe to us on itunes spotify soundcloud all those excellent services uh, and you'll get the fresh episode each and every week Uh, we are also available to uh, be contacted via facebook you can search for the cinema catch-up club there leave us messages leave us your own reviews of the film um if do you want us to do home alone too tell us there better yet join up at patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast and you can suggest films that we review on the program uh 2021's coming up and we've got a whole lot of spaces in the calendar for your suggestions so if you want to uh, join up and make those suggestions just search for us over at patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast it costs as little as a dollar a month but it can cost more it's up to you uh, but that is all for this week so until next time happy christmas you filthy animals You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.